The pages of a book are filled with tales of great adventures, stories of everlasting love, heartbreak, and the classic whodunit. Explore them all with your host, Laura Young. Welcome to Read Astray. Hello, I'm Laura Young, middle school reading teacher and avid reader in general. Welcome to Read Astray, a podcast designated to reviewing books. In this episode, I am reviewing The Testaments by Margaret Atwood. I have mentioned more than once in this podcast that Atwood is my favorite author. She's incredibly intelligent and writes well in all genres. She's a literary master and a social and environmental activist. I've been fortunate enough to hear her speak, have my picture made with her, and have books signed by her, and they are certainly among my most prized editions. The Testaments is the long-awaited and much-anticipated sequel to The Handmaid's Tale, which has not been out of print since it was first published back in 1985. The Handmaid's Tale has been translated into numerous languages, and I would imagine that the Testaments will feed off its popularity. In fact, it is already one of the six books shortlisted for the 2019 Booker Prize. One of my favorite things about The Handmaid's Tale and this sequel, The Testaments, is that Atwood calls the genre speculative fiction rather than dystopian fiction. She is speculating a future reality, and she insists that she does not include anything that human beings have not already done in some other place or time or for which the technology does not already exist. In reading The Testaments and The Handmaid's Tale, you will get some glimpses of atrocities of the past, and it is quite chilling. The cover features a silhouette of a handmaid in cloak and head covering, but imposed upon this image creating the collar enclosure of the cape is a young ponytailed girl with arms outstretched in the symbol of hope and possibility. The three main characters actually serve as first-person narrators, and each share their story and perspective. They are Aunt Lydia, Agnes, also known as Victoria, and Daisy, also known as Nicole and Jade. The narrators, Agnes and Daisy, are both teenagers, one having grown up in Galad and one in Canada. Their voices and their stories will appeal quite well to young adult readers as well. Agnes has been raised in Galad in the home of an important commander and two separate wives, neither of whom is Agnes's biological mother. One adores her and one abhors her. She attends school and training with the aunts. She is cared for by the Marthas. The perspective from Agnes growing up in a dictatorial regime is interesting, although readers will quickly understand that she's tied to the ways of Galad and only begins to question the policies and traditions when others show her. Daisy was raised in freedom in Canada, and she is a passionate anti-Galad activist. She has grown up enjoying a lifestyle like most teens today. Her narration and her character were, in my opinion, the least likable of the narrators. Maybe her resistance to blend in and follow orders is meant to convey a sense of idealism and hope, or maybe she's just an entitled teen. She alternated among reluctant, obstinate, scared, bold, sad, and defiant, but she eventually accomplished what was expected of her. Aunt Lydia, whom Atwood readers will remember unfondly from The Handmaid's Tale, 
tells a tale in the Testaments that is both beautiful and terrifying. She is the one character who was also a big part of The Handmaid's Tale. She is an aunt, a high-ranking prison matron who presides over births, executions, and the training of handmaids. Furthermore, her story in this book takes us back to time before Galad and through each phase of, it, phase of its transformations. The chapters in which Aunt Lydia writes of her arrest, the end of her career as a dr- judge, and her internment in a sports stadium are among the most chilling in the book. For decades, in an attempt for vengeance, she has been writing down the secret sins of Galad, and this was by far my favorite part of the book. You're listening to Red Astray. I'm Laura, your book review host from the Henson Oakley Podcast Center. The holiday season is right around the corner. Are your teeth the vibrant white they once were or you wish they were? Henson Oakley on West Jackson Street offers Zoom teeth whitening. For a whiter, brighter smile, visit Henson Oakley Family Dentistry. Margaret Atwood's sequel picks up the story 15 years after Offred stepped into the unknown. Readers will remember the narrator Offred was about to escape Galad into either a deadly trap or the freedom of Canada. For years, most fans of The Handmaid's Tale have been wondering what happened and have been begging Atwood for a sequel. I say most because... (laughs) I personally was totally satisfied with the ambiguous ending of The Handmaid's Tale. It allowed me the option to determine what happened. There's a novel by Lois Lowry called The Giver. It's dystopian fiction for young readers and has an ambiguous ending that drives my students nuts. They want a definitive resolution. But I can always tell what they think happened because they come back to me with one of two reactions. They either love it or they hate it. I won't spoil it, but it is also worth the read. In the Testaments, there's also a crossover between the book and the Hulu series. At the end of the book, Alfred thinks she may be pregnant, but in the Hulu series, she actually does give birth to Nicole. Regardless, we have this sequel, and the story relays the Testaments, hence the novel's name, of the three female narrators, Agnes, Daisy, and Lydia. Agnes testifies what it is like to be a child and a teen in Galad. The school, the lessons with the aunts, the training to be a wife, the inner workings of a system, such as rumors that pass through Martha's and the reality of living as a teen who's simply being groomed to leave the house under an arranged marriage. The mother who raised and loved her dies, and the commander's new wife has absolutely no use for Agnes and her teen angst. Agnes spends most of her time when she's at home, either in her room or in the kitchen with the Marthas. Agnes has two close friends at school, and it is through discussions with them that Agnes first begins to question all she has known and believed. Daisy relays the story of growing up in Canada in a seemingly normal life until the couple she thought were her parents are murdered, and she discovers she is the symbolic representation figure that is misunderstood and mistreated in Galad, baby Nicole. Baby Nicole was stolen at birth and never returned. It soon becomes her responsibility to sneak into Galad, in part to undo the system. Aunt Lydia relays what it was like before Galad when she was a lawyer and a judge and how she and other women were stripped of all their rights and forced into servitude or death. 
how she subsequently used her position to undermine the inner workings of Galad, and how she makes the commanders feel as if they are in control when she is secretly pulling the strings. I found this story compelling and enjoyable. While The Handmaid depicts the society of the Republic of Galad pretty much from the point of view of a single individual, Offred, the Testaments offers the perspective of three very different narrators. Our characters' narrator paths and their stories ingeniously intersect and merge for a great climax and resolution. Through these narrations, readers get a clear image of the underbelly of Galad's regime, the stink of corruption behind the pious facade, the insidious nature of totalitarian establishments, and the frightening ease with which generally good people can fall into dangerous thinking simply because they perceive it as the safest thing to do. Fortunately, there's the satisfaction of watching this regime Fortunately, there is also the satisfaction of watching the regime crumble. The Testaments may lack the creepy, crawly mystique of The Handmaid's Tale, but it does have an entertainment factor. Atwood's writing in The Testaments is lighter. For instance, ants must choose their new name from a list of names, but most don't realize that the names come from products that existed before Galad. For example, Victoria's A Choice from Victoria's Secret. And so we have ants like Aunt Maybelline and Aunt Sarah Lee. The ants frequently meet to chat at Shafley's Tea, a nod to anti-abortion activist Phyllis Shafley. The Testaments is more fun to read than its predecessor and much less menacing and haunting. Readers foresee a satisfying resolution. Overall, The Testaments is a really good read. It's not a new favorite Atwood for me, but I don't feel disappointed It just simply would have been impossible to match the brilliance of The Handmaid's Tale. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm always open for book recommendations or ideas. You can access me through social media. Tune in again next time for another book review. Until then, happy reading. You've been listening to Read Astray. Download your favorites and keep up with new episodes in the Hinson Oakley Podcast Center. 